Romans chapter 1, please. Let's open there. And while you have Romans 1 open, hold your finger there and turn to Acts chapter 20. Romans 1, verses 14, 15, and 16, and Acts chapter 20, verse 20. bow together in a moment of prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for everyone who has come to God's house in this midweek hour of power. We pray that the Holy Spirit will guide and direct everything said, everything done. May the Word become powerful, sharp, as it goes forward tonight. And may it pierce our hearts. May the Holy Spirit do His work of conviction and convincing and may believers be encouraged and the lost brought to Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. Paul said this to the Romans, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And in Acts 20, verse 20, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you, and have taught you publicly, and from house to house. This was the manner of Paul's ministry. He wrote to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I've tried it. I know what it's done for me. And then I've tried it out on other people. And I know what it's done for them. I'm not one whit disappointed in the glorious gospel of Christ. It's all that heaven said it would be. It's all that God said it would be. It's all that the Holy Spirit said it would be. It's all that Jesus said it would be. The gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, telling that old, old story with all of its power has power to change men's minds, their lives, and their destinies. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not one with discipline. And then he said, in Acts 20, 20, I just want to tell you that I've demonstrated how I go about getting the gospel out. I kept back nothing that was profitable to you. I taught you publicly, and I've taught you from house to house. In another place, he said, for three years, I went both night and day to every house, and in the temple, and in the synagogue, everywhere I had an opportunity. I told the glorious story, and I am free from the blood of all men. I went to God that we would be able to say that. As a motivation toward that, I want to give an acrostic tonight on the thought, gospel evangelism. What God would have us do and why we should do it based on an acrostic of the words gospel evangelism. And I'm going to do this quickly. And I'd like to ask the Holy Spirit 
to move upon every one of our hearts and give us a motivation because of the glorious gospel, because of its power, because of its efficacy, because of its effectiveness to change men's minds, their lives, their destiny, and through changing men to change society. And we need to keep this in mind as we go to the polls next Tuesday to elect men who are open to gospel evangelism. Men who will go and take positions of responsibility in the echelons of government, whose faces will not be turned by bribes, whose hearts and minds will not be altered and changed by the sway of public opinion, and who are open to heaven and the principles of God. You see, gospel evangelism affects every part of our life. The G would stand for go urgently. In 2 Corinthians 5.11, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And we're to go urgently with the message of Christ. Going to knock on people's doors, going to tell them they're lost going to urge them to come to Christ, going with a spirit of love, not a holy Joe attitude, not a holier-than-thou attitude, but a spirit of love, just going to share the glorious gospel, but to do it urgently. The gospel evangelism must be something we handle with a going with urgency. The O would stand for outreach concern. Outreach concern. Our whole complexion as a church and as an individual believer needs to be colored by outreach, compassion, and concern. The S would stand for sin consciousness, never forgetting that we're a sin, a sinner. There's an old song that says, tell me the old, old story, write on my heart every word. And then one of the phrases in that song says, remember I'm a sinner. Jesus came to save. Every soul winner, every believer, every Christian needs to constantly remember that he is a sinner. A saved sinner, but a sinner. And if we can remember that, we'll never get too bragging. We'll never get too conceited. We'll never get too high-headed or, high or high-minded because we'll consciously be aware that we are a sinner. And so gospel evangelism involves the consciousness of sin in our own lives and in the lives of others and going to awaken them from sin and turn them to Christ. The P would stand for priority commitment. In Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So many times we accept Christ. We receive him. And really the reason we receive you, though we never, we never get around to telling God this, we want peace, we want security, we want pardon. But we really don't think much about honoring God with our lives. It's sort of, my name's Jimmy, I'll take all you give me, God. Give me pardon, purpose, peace, and power, and plenty, and enough to pay all my debts, and enough so that my enemies won't be mad at me. Lord, please give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. When really, gospel evangelism 
has a priority commitment to honor Christ so that everything we do, everything we say, making a living, our vote at the election poll, and everything is to honor Jesus Christ. And when we look at it from that perspective, it will lead us out to tell others that same story to honor Jesus Christ, to get them in touch with heaven. An old missionary had been in Africa for years and years. He came back to England. He was a retired man because he was tired. The mission board was retiring. They wouldn't let him go back. He made one last appeal to the convention that had sent him. And in that appeal, he told about the work in Africa and how the gospel had changed certain people's lives and how there was a need for replenishments there was a need for more missionaries to go and then he said isn't there someone who will go and take my place there was silence nobody got up he almost fainted when he regained his strength, he was an old, weak man. He leaned on the pulpit and said, if there's not anybody, then I'm going to plead with the mission board to let me go. And let me stand, even if somebody has to hold me up, and tell those precious black people that there's somebody in need that loves their sinners. Somebody who wants to see them come to know God and he went back and died there you and I we need to have that kind of priority commitment to go to take the glorious gospel to the houses of our city to the homes of our city to the homes of our county and I pray that soon we'll be able to start another bus route in an area where, where we're not reaching now. And try to reach into that area. And we'll have more people going out week by week, knocking on doors to urge people to come to Christ. To get the glorious gospel out to a city and a county that's in need. And I pray that God will lay the mantle of spiritual leadership on the hearts of young people there'll be young people come and say, here am I, Lord, send me. And some young lady, some young man will go from this church out to Formosa, out to the Malaysia, out to Indonesia, over to the Congo, over to some distant land, and into our own beloved America to take the gospel. What a blessing it was to see Ann Ferris Galaran here last Sunday morning. Ann Ferris one day walked down the aisle in this church, giving her heart to Jesus. She was baptized in this baptistry. And then Ildi came one summer and worked in this city. God had already changed his life. And God gave him a vision of the mission field while he was here. God got his hold of his life and called him into the Lord's service. He and Ann grew to love each other. Later they married. They went to the seminary. And Ildi and Anne are soon going to the Philippines as missionaries. To God be the glory.
Oh God, send others. Gospel evangelism, priority commitment. And then the E would stand for the Ecclesia of God or the Ecclesia of God. Ecclesia committed or Ecclesia center or church center evangelism. I believe God's plan in the New Testament is church-centered evangelism. Not some group outside the church getting their hearts afire and divorced from the church, carrying out the gospel. Well, they do it mainly because the church that the Lord loved and gave himself for and died for has overlooked this priority commitment. And so, because the church has not done it and will not do it, God seems to allow little groups here and there outside the church to raise up and do it. I do not believe that's God's priority plan. I believe God's basic plan is for the Lord's church to do this. And that evangelism needs to be church-centered. And that soul winning and evangelism and revival work and mass evangelism and all of it be done through the local church. And as we do it, as we accept that as our main theme, as our supreme challenge from the Lord, and we go out to do it, God will bless it. And the L would stand for love motivated, or love controlled. Second Corinthians 5:14, the love of Christ constraineth us. It is not my love for him, but his love for me that pulls me along. And the E in evangelism would stand for every Christian's job. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus said, Go ye. He didn't say, Consider going. He didn't say, Would you please think about it? Or would you pray about it? Isn't that interesting? I've said to people, Would you go soul winning? They said, Let me pray about it. Why the Lord didn't say, Now, church, pray about whether you ought to go soul winning or not. They didn't say, The Lord didn't say to you, Pray about whether you ought to go or not. Jesus said to his church, Go. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. And where is the world? The world is not only Africa and Indonesia and China and the other places. The world is here. The world is there. The world is everywhere. And we're to go. Simultaneously, Jesus said, go ye into Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and, and, and go to Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. All the world. Everywhere. The V would stand for the value of a soul. Mark 8.34 says, What shall I give in exchange? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What will a man give should he barter his soul? The A would stand for anchored in the word. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Evangelism, to be New Testament evangelism, needs to be anchored in the word of God. It needs to be scriptural evangelism. We need to do it God's way. With God's book, God's plan. <clears throat> I was very impressed with Dr. Bob Whitty. Dr. Bob Whitty is a brilliant man. He is president of Ruther Rice Seminary. He wrote many of the materials for the WIN program that Southern Baptists used so wonderfully for several years. They had WIN clinics and WIN conferences everywhere, and they took little pamphlets and showed people how to win people to Christ by using the, these little tracks. You've seen the wind materials. I said, Dr. Whitty, we want you so much to come here and help us in a soul winning conference. I know what that, what's in the heart of that dear man. He's coming back in July instead of Well, he said, would it be all right if I teach them to use the Bible instead of a little track? 
He wrote the tracts. The humility of that great man. He said, I believe that thou to use the Bible. Isn't that beautiful? Well, of course, he didn't have to persuade me very much. And I thank the Lord that that's what he did. You see, you can use all kinds of plans, but let's use the Bible, the Word of God. Anchor them in the Word. Give them the Word of God. The end would stand for the necessity of methods. Certainly, we want to use the best methods possible. The G would stand for the gospel of grace, the atonement. No works, no water, nor works added, but just the gospel of grace. And the E would stand for energized by the Spirit. Jesus said, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and on the uttermost parts of the earth. How we need today the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. I think it's D.L. Moody who said you cannot do God's work without God's power. In the days of the steam engine, what a ridiculous thing would be to go out there and see that engine take off if it didn't stay there long enough to build up steam. And in building up that steam, there was so much power in the locomotive, there was enough power to get the thing going. But interestingly enough, that power that got it going was not power sufficient to keep it going. There had to be a fireman on the front end of that engine, and he had to constantly shovel coal from what they call the coal car into the engine, into the furnace of the engine to keep the thing going down the tracks after it got going. How many of you remember the old steam engines? How many ever rolled on one? Yeah. I'll tell you, that's a picture of our lives today. We need the steam of God, but sometimes we're, we, you know, we, we get enough power to get going. We just tarry long enough to get the power of the Holy Spirit to get going, and then we forget we need to keep on being fed by the stoker of God's coal, God's power coal, the Holy Spirit. But we have to, we have to continue to have that source, or we will become vain, and our work will miss its effectiveness. The L would stand for long-suffering persistence in 2 Corinthians 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we need God's patience, God's love, God's long-suffering. The I would stand for individual, individual concern and involvement with individuals. Not just thinking of all the people. You know, when we think of the four billions of people in the world today, we think of the 57, maybe 58, nearly 59,000 people in the county of Warren today. The 40 to 45,000 people that live in our city. Look at all those thousands of people. We think of the 10,000 that go to Sunday school on any one Sunday. I think last Sunday there must have been a few more because some of the churches had a whole lot of people there last Sunday. And I think that's wonderful when we can see churches growing and reaching more and more people. We ought to have a thousand every Sunday. But most Sundays in Bowling Green and Warren County, there are 40,000 people that go nowhere to church. 40,000 people? But that doesn't make much sense until we begin to think of individuals. Joe, Perry, and Mary, and this person lives on Cabell, and this person lives on Rose Lawn, and this 
person lives on Woodford, and this person lives on Fair, and this person lives on Ridgecrest, and so on. We think of individuals. And then we go to their doors and knock on their doors and tell them that we love them and we're interested in them and we want to reach them for Christ. Individually involved. That's gospel evangelism. The S would stand for soul winning endeavor. Proverbs 11.30 He that winneth souls is wise. And the M, listen to this, would stand for music with a message. Because I believe gospel evangelism is not effectively powerful without music with a message. D.L. Moody used to say more people are sung into the kingdom of heaven than are preached into the kingdom of heaven. You know, when our choir stands to sing, when the old-fashioned singers sing, I think they're constantly aware that out there are people that are hungry. They want to be fed. They don't need to get up and dance a jig or a ditty. They don't need to pat their foot. They want to be fed. Their souls are hungry. My soul is in need. He sang while ago and fed my soul. And when he sang, he touched me. I just fed my soul. Right? Amen? Music with a message is gospel evangelism. God help that we would never have any other kind here. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with wisdom, in wisdom and, and, and song and psalms and proverbs, psalms and hymns and gospel songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's God's plan. Listen to this. The voice of the Savior is speaking. They are mine. Win them. They are mine. Visit them. They are mine. Invite them again and again. They are mine. Lead them to place their life in my church. They are mine. Urge them to worship me in my house. They are mine. Report to me your results. Talk it over with me. They are mine. There is always room for one more and one more and one more. They are mine. I died for them. They are mine. My purpose in coming to earth was for them. They are mine. Pack and jam your classrooms. They are mine. Provide some more space. They are mine. Organize some more classes. They are mine. Buy some more property. They are mine. Do you love them as much as I love them? They are mine. Do you love me? May we pray. Our Father, we thank Thee that Thou hast given us the commission of gospel evangelism. May we be true to you and be true to the tryst that you have given us. And may we become totally involved in this wonderful task you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for this so great a people with whom you've allowed your servant to work. We thank thee for them. Their patience, their understanding, their wisdom, so many from whom I have learned so much. We thank you for the soul-winning compassion and zeal many have exercised in going out from house to house. Many others have held the line in prayer. Still many others have held the line in financial giving. Lord, as we enter this next few months, these summer months, and we challenge ourselves again and again with the commission of Christ to go, to go with the glorious gospel, to go into the highways and hedges and bring them in, to go with our buses, to go with our individual personal lives, to go with our money, 
to go. May we, not any of us, slacken up, but may we go. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen. May we stand, please. I'd like to ask us to sing tonight that little chorus, Others are out in the raging seas, lost in the darkest humanity. If we can't sing it, we'll sing the other song. But there's a little song that says, Others are out on the raging sea, lost in the darkest eternity. We have the light for the lost to see, Jesus, the light of the world. And you know, 